What's good, y'all? Welcome to the first ever edition of the I'ma Tell Like a TIS podcast with your host, Jai Shields here. Um, I want to thank you for everyone who's who clicked on the link to this uh, podcast, who's uh, listening, whether you are working, you know, bored stiff at school, in between, just going through your everyday life on a plane. I want to thank you for listening to this, and um, I'll let you know that this is your, I want this to be your number one home for opinionated, informative, wholesome sports talk from a teenager from a, a teenager's perspective you know I mean you hear Chris Russo you on Sirius XM you hear Stephen A. Smith on ESPN radio you hear Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports radio you know you want you hear Dan Patrick you also you hear Rich Eisen you you hear um Jim Rome on CBS Sports you want to hear a little something different well, this should be the program for you. Um, week one of the NFL season is a upon us, and um, it got started Thursday night when the defending Super Bowl 52-2017 NFL champion Philadelphia Eagles uh, raised the banner in a ceremony and introduced the uh, Vince Lombardi Trophy to their um, home fateful at Lincoln Financial Field on Thursday night. And they took care of business and kept the celebration going strong as Nikki Foles, who's been on a hot streak since Carson Wentz got hurt in that uh, game last year against the, against the on the road against the St. Louis Rams where he scored the go-ahead and potentially the winning touchdown. I believe, um, last season. He has been on a complete hot Didn't play very well in the game, but he played just well enough against a good Atlanta Falcons defense to give him the victory as they beat the Atlanta Falcons, who they beat in the divisional playoff game back in January in the Atlanta Falcons at home. And Thursday beat them by the score of 18-10. to and that's the first order of business I'm going to hit up today here on this podcast. Um, is, do you think it's time for us to take Matt Ryan out of the Hall of Fame? I mean, this is a guy who got drafted 10 years ago out of Boston College, who, let's be honest, isn't the the U or the Notre Dame or the Alabama of college football makers, Mecca as far as I'm concerned. And, I, you know, he was, I believe it was the first round draft pick for that Mike Smith, if you remember him, was the head coach that wanted to make the call to get him. And, um... You know he's had a he's had a few good seasons. Made it to the AFC Championship game in uh, two th- in 2012 in 2012 when they lost to the San Francisco 49ers at home. Um, 2013 they lost they lost to the uh, I believe it's it was the Seattle. Seahawks. Um, I'll check that in a little bit, but um, but yeah, uh, 2014, you know, made the playoffs. I I don't think they did in 2014. Um, I'm I'm gonna check up on that, but as of recently, they uh, in 2016, Matt Ryan's MVP caliber season, and um. Matt Ryan's MVP caliber season and his best year of his career to be honest under offensive coordinator and current um and current San Francisco 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan was his offensive coordinator and uh, that was Matt Ryan's best year of his career where he won where he won MVP for that year and 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 had one of the top offenses in all in all of football 
with with uh, him and Julio Jones leading his leading his team um, every which way to go to go up and uh, put points up on the board, and they and they beat the Seahawks, I believe, in the divisional playoff game, and then they went on to play the Green Bay Packers the week later. And then they stomped all over them to show up in the uh, Super Bowl. Had a twenty, had a twenty, uh, had a twenty-eight to three lead, twenty-first, twenty-one to three lead at halftime. But it's twenty-eight to three midway through the third quarter, which is when the Tom Brady's epic Hall of Fame level comeback sparked, in part for help of the fact that. Um, and part of the help of the idea that 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 offense was 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 really brutal. I mean, in that game, I mean, I mean, and again, and Kyle Shanahan is as much to as much to blame as anybody. I mean, for that, for me, for that play calling. I mean, I mean, do you think that you could um that, that you could uh, run some plays? I mean, you got Devontae Freeman sitting back there. I mean. How about running the clock out and not dropping back the pass and having Matt Ryan wait all day, even though he had Julio Jones bail him out a couple of times? I mean, how about let's not have him drop back the pass and uh, and getting sacked and throwing opportunities away? But that's neither here nor there. His performance um, last night was in my opinion, was utterly abysmal. Matt Ryan, who has something to prove to see if he's an elite quarterback, especially considering that he choked the lead in the Super Bowl two years before, his performance Thursday night, two nights ago, because today is uh, Saturday, his performance at the time that this uh, episode is being recorded, it's Saturday. But his performance Thursday night was an utter, absolute disgrace. I mean, I mean, and he ha- and keep in mind he had Julio Jones bailing him out. I mean, every everywhere you looked. I mean, I mean, even though Matt Ryan was twenty-one for forty-three, the threw for two hundred and fifty-one passing yards and threw one interception. But, but I mean, do you think some point when you get into the end zone, Matt Ryan? I mean, it's almost as if they reply, they roll, excuse me, they rely on Julio Jones too much because of the idea that he is that he essentially that the Eagles having just played them in the in the in the Falcons' last meaningful game before Thursday nights. Having having played them back in January in the same situation where they need a touchdown to win the game, even though Nick Foles and the Eagles offense didn't play significantly uh, well, Super Bowl uh, 52 MVP type caliber o- offense and performance, had a chance to win the game, one of the most explosive offenses in all of football, had Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman in your backfield. You got Austin Hooper, who 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 is who is a good, nice little tight end. On top of the fact, you have Mohamed Sanu, a Bengal refugee, who who's who's been a good receiver ever since he came into the league. On top of the fact, you got the best wide receiver and Julio Jones. Let me get to him a little bit in a minute. And you drafted Calvin Ridley out of the University of Alabama, who wins nothing but national championships under Nick Saban. And you can't punch in the ball, and you can't punch in the ball on that last drive underneath the minute. I mean, you got a break that you got an illegal contact penalty that gave you one last play with one second left. And you mean, and you and you got Julio Jones, Tevin Coleman, and Sanu, and, and, and Austin Hooper. And you mean to tell me you cannot punch in punch in the ball into the end zone? I mean, the Eagles' defense. Is, don't get me wrong. That defense is 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 a force to be reckoned with. With with Michael, with the addition of Michael Bennett, um, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, uh, uh, Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, that defense is for real. But let's be. I mean, their defense. I mean, their defense is not the '85 Bears. 
or the 2000 Ravens or the 2013 Seahawks or the 1962 Packers. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, there were quite a few times when early in the game when Matt Ryan needed a big play and needed to make a first down, you know, in a second and long or or or, or a third down or a third and long. And every single time I turn around, Julio Jones was catching balls left and right, slicing up that Eagle secondary. And and, and I, I'm I, Julio Jones, ten receptions, 119 yards. I mean, and, and was targeted 19 times. I mean, I mean, come on. And I got Austin Hooper, three receptions, 24 yards. Got Muhammad Sanu, four receptions for 18 yards. And Devontae Freeman at the backfield, three three receptions for 14 yards. And Tevin Coleman, one reception for 27. I mean, you can look at the Calvin, Calvin Ridley got targeted twice, didn't catch a single ball. I mean, I get it. Julio Jones is like the centerpiece of your offense. But spread the ball out a little bit. I mean, use him as a decoy. I mean, every, I mean, everyone from everyone from Lincoln Financial Field to Camden, New Jersey, across the state, across the uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey state border, down down I ninety five, down south I ninety five here where I here where I live in Baltimore, all the way up to Washington D.C., all the way to Los Angeles, California knew that in that situation they were going to try to get Julio Jones the ball. And as if they didn't learn from last year because because on a because on a fourth and goal, for whatever the reason, Matt Ryan dropped back the pass and the in you can go back and look if you want. But that entire secondary, it seemed like from what my memory serves me correctly, was on Julio Jones like 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 ugly on a baboon. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, they were on him like white on rice. I, I mean, and then Matt Ryan sees Julio Jones triple covered towards the back corner of the end zone, where it's like a one percent chance he's going to catch the ball and get his feet in bounds. He he throws it incomplete. So then what we do, we sit up here, we march around, we fought around, then we get down into, and then in the same situation, in the opening game of the season, same end zone location, same team, with the, with the most part the same defense, same defensive coach in uh, Jim Swartz, same uh, head coach in uh, Doug Peterson, same team, everything's the same outside the fact that maybe Malcolm Bennett, uh, uh, Michael, Malcolm Bennett, excuse me, Michael Bennett and, and, and and a, and a couple of defensive personnel out on the field. But it's the same offense. And I, Steve, I get it. Steve Sharkeesian is new. But did Dan Quinn or Matt Ryan, you know, tell him and say, hey, and say, say, and say, hey, Steve, Stevie, I, mean, I, know, I know you weren't coaching with us back in January, and, I, and Shanahan was, but. I mean, did you look at the game tape? I mean, all we tried to do was give Julio Jones the ball in the red zone late in the game in the divisional round, and and we, and, and the and the Eagles deep in the Eagles defense, you know, it was a no fly zone. You couldn't throw to him. I mean, he I mean he had a big game, but when it, but the Eagles defense knew when when the, when it was time to shut down and get locked and loaded and to stop him. Yeah, we'll let you beat us, you know, on a third and 13, you know, post route over. Okay, fine. But, you know, fourth and goal, game's on the line, you know, one second left. Uh-uh. We're making, we're making Muhammad Sanu beat us. We're making that rookie Calvin Ridley beat us. We're making Austin Hooper beat us. We're making Devontae Freeman beat us. But but we're not but 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 uh, we 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 sure as shine are not gonna let the best receiver in football Julio Jones beat us after he he's he tore us up the entire game. I, and which that I blame Sharkees and I blame Dan Quinn for because they got to sit up here and say hold on now, I mean. 
I mean, do, do you guys look at game film? Do you look at game film? Now, Matt Ryan, who was the quarterback, been the quarterback of this team for over 10, about 10 years now, led them to a Super Bowl, you know, put up ridiculous stats, won MVP, yada, yada, yada. It's now or never for them. You know, that 28-3 mantras kind of died down because the Eagles are the new champs and Fly Eagles Fly and Underdogs and Philly Special and all that. You know, that's died down. And they got here. And they can do something that the Vikings couldn't do last year and that's be the first team in NFL history to play and participate in the Super Bowl that's in their home stadium. The NFL is basically saying, okay, Vikings, here's your shot. You know, got blown up. They got blown out by the Eagles. They couldn't do it. So it's like, okay, okay, uh, uh, Eagles, or excuse me, Eagles. It's, uh, Falcons, it's up to you now. Like, like, here it is. I mean, I mean, you could play in, you could play a Super Bowl in your home stadium and have a, and have a home field advantage because the eat because the Falcons season ticket holders are gonna buy all a buy and the Falcons fans are gonna buy up all the tickets. They're gonna buy up all the tickets, so the state's gonna be like 90% Falcons. They're gonna have a complete advantage. Sleep in their you know, stay in their own houses, sleep in their own beds. Don't have to worry about travel and buses and, and hotel and planes and all that sort of stuff. And they have it right there. And um, unless they they still have that in their mind, Matt Ryan needs to buckle down and say, you know, it's time for us to stop farting around with this red zone offense. I mean, you cannot win, expect to win the Super Bowl even expect to get back to another Super Bowl if if your if your offense if your offense is is vomiting on itself in clutch situations where you need to score in the in, inside the red zone. Eagles defense is fantastic. But again, they're not the 85 Bears with Richard Dent, Singletary, and uh and um Dan Hampton and uh, and guys I could name go on forever, but the 2000 Ravens with with Ray Lewis, or the 2013 Seahawks with Richard Sherman, with Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor and company, Legion of Boom, which Dan Quinn ironically enough was the defensive coordinator for. That's item number one. Item number two is this Le'Veon Bell holdout. Um, Le'Veon Bell, running back for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, who start their season on the road against the Cleveland Browns. He is holding out, has been holding out since the, uh, realistically, the beginning of the summer. Been holding out due to a contract dispute between him and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and he wants his money. He hits free agency next year. The Steelers are going to give him the uh, franchise tag once he shows up. He missed all of training camp, all of the preseason. Not like that matters anyway, because... I mean, a good 80% of the NFL players, especially the star ones, you know, too hot for preseason. They don't, they don't play in preseason. Um, and he needs, he's gonna, he has to play eventually because in order for him to hit free agency, he's got to get that service time limit. And if he doesn't get that service time, means his free agency is gonna be, um going to be postponed and, and basically driven back. I don't know how far, I don't know how far back, but I know the rule that he has to basically show up 
at some point during the season or no big bucks for Le'Veon Bell in the 2019 uh, spring. Um, let me first say this. He didn't show. He didn't show up um, at Steelers' facility ahead of the opener. But let me say this. Um, Le'Veon Bell is one of the best running backs in football. I'm gonna say he's number two behind Todd Gurley. He plays on a. He finished second in rushing yards last year, with uh, third. Excuse me. To, uh, Kareem Hunt was number first, was number one last year. Finished third in rushing yards with one thousand two hundred ninety-one. So he's an elite talent, one of the best running backs you, you're ever going to see, at least in this generation, at least. And he, rightfully so, he wants his money. Now, let me say this. Le'Veon Bell, who has been injury prone pretty much his whole, I'm not going to go as far as say his whole career, but he's been injured he's been injured for a, for a good little part of his career um he's a, he's an elite running back but at the end of the day Le'Veon Bowe has to sit back and say this what looks better for me for me as a football player heading into free agency would I rather pick and choose the games I want to play for the sake of me personally and make sure I don't get hurt heading into free agency and him picking and choosing games doesn't rush for it. He doesn't. It doesn't rush for a thousand nine hundred to a thousand yards. Doesn't score that many touchdowns. And as a result, the Steelers go about maybe ten and six and get eliminated in the wild card round. Would he rather choose that, or would he rather choose sucking it up? Biting the bullet, taking the franchise tag, hoping, praying, rehabbing, you know, hit his knees every night that he doesn't get hurt, and give his 100, 110% out there on the football field every Sunday, ball his heart out, hope everything breaks right for the Steelers, and that including having the Steelers not play down to the competition, but I'll get that. When I get to the Steelers-Browns game. And take a run of the Super Bowl title. And win one. And him going. And if he thinks he looks good now. If he puts up another Hall of Fame caliber season. Like he did last year. And has a Super Bowl ring next to it. He'll be glad that. He'll he'll be glad that he didn't hold out if that was the case. And this is where I get on Le'Veon Bell because... And part of me doesn't blame the Steelers, his Steelers teammates, for being a little frustrated, a little annoyed at the fact that he's not on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers... The Cleveland Browns, the Denver Broncos, the Washington Redskins, the Indianapolis Colts, he's not on the Bengals, he's on the Pittsburgh Steelers, 
18, one of the the, the still the winningest franchise in NFL history with six Super Bowls, four in the 70s, the fifth one, 2005 Super Bowl 40, beat the Seahawks with Jerome Bettis and Ben Roethlisberger's second year in the league. And then the most recent one, 10 years ago in 2008, where Santonio Holmes made that game-winning catch late in the game against the Arizona Cardinals. So it's been 10 years since they won a championship. And the Patriots came also close from tying up their, their mark at six championships. And I know if there's one thing that Steelers fans and Steelers players definitely because they've made it known that they necessarily don't care for the Patriots is that they basically want to one-up this Patriots in every shape or way or form and if I'm Le'Veon Bell I gotta recognize that my team is playing for a championship the they're one, they're one of the they're one of the top teams in football and definitely one of the top three teams in the AFC who is trying to get their last run at a championship before Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown ask for their money. And they're both gonna ask for a lot of money. So they so they can't keep both of them. I mean if they, you know, if you know, if they get lucky. But most they can't keep both of them because they're both going to ask for an abundance amount of money. They can only sign one. They can only keep. They can only sign. They can only keep one. On top of the fact that Ben Roethlisberger is like wishy-washy every year, or any time he plays awful during the season about him retiring or not, and. Th- their time to win the Super Bowl is right now. And it's, and it's not just the fact that they got guys hitting free agency. It's also the fact that um, that, the, that the Patriots, you know, their dominance is and their decline is, go, is coming sooner than we think. Thank God. As a patriot hater like me, but that's another subject and another story for another time. Their time is now, and they should capitalize on it while they have the chance because within the next five years or so, the AFC is going to be stacked and loaded with competition for the best team. Not that many now because. There's a lot of in-between teams and a lot of teams that are in rebuilding mode and, you know, trying to get up there. And a lot of in-between teams that are good and are playoff teams, but not necessarily Super Bowl favorites and Super Bowl and not the, and not the you know, not the most attractive pick to go and win championships at the moment with Brady, still, Brady and Belichick sitting there and, uh, New England and uh, of course Bell, Ben and Brown in Pittsburgh So and their time is now I mean to be quite honest with you and they really should have went to the Super Bowl last year because and it, they probably and I and as soon as when the playoffs started I picked, I picked them I picked Philadelphia to go to the Super Bowl told my fan, I said, it's going to be all Pennsylvania Super Bowl. I think Pittsburgh is really going to do something here. But it turns out, you know, they run their mouth about the Patriots and Mike Tomlin and James Harrison is a thousand percent right on the idea that that Belichick is way, 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 way more disciplined and buttoned up and a better disciplined and a better coach than Tomlin is simply because he keeps his team focused, keeps his eyes on the prize in the moment right here, right now and doesn't worry about what's happening at a later date. And I hate Belichick, you know. The 
deflating footballs, spying on teams. But I give him this. I mean, he makes sure that his team is tight and buttoned up. And outside of Brady getting suspended for deflating footballs or or Julian Edelman taking PEDs, I mean, the only serious stuff, you know, is really Aaron Hernandez, but that's about it. I'd never, ever see the the Patriots players get hit with suspend with hit get hit with suspensions the way the Steelers do whether it's a dirty play a la uh, Mike Mitchell or illegal hits or or you know guys like Mark Tavis Bryant or even Le'Veon Bell for example who cost himself money and cost himself games simply because he couldn't stay off the weed. Those two happened under Mike Tomlin. Would never, ever, ever happen under Belichick. And and four weeks, keep in mind, four weeks before they played the Steeler game, they were already looking forward to the Patriots, but the, before the Patriots game, excuse me, four weeks, four weeks prior, they were had a home Sunday night football game against the Green Bay Packers and Nick Hundley at home. Almost lost to them if it wasn't for Chris Boswell basically kicking the field goal from Allentown, Pennsylvania. They almost lost that game. They played my Bengals on the road and had to come up for the 17-point deficit to beat them. And then and then they let the Ravens offense led by Joe Flacco and Alex Collins of all people. Was Jamal Luton, Jamal Lewis? Nah. Alex Collins of all people and Joe Flacco put up 38 points on the board. And the Steelers almost lost that game. I think they won it by a point or two. If my memory serves me correctly. And that was another home Sunday night football game. So, the time is now. And then they go in and then they looking for revenge of the embarrassment that the Patriots gave them the season before. And they look for the same thing. Talk a big game about New England. And just like the regular season game. Even though there was a catch and they should have won the game, they will take the L by the they the Patriots give them another L, which is something that Brady has been Brady and Belichick have been doing basically since Brady and Belichick became Brady and Belichick. I mean, do I have to bring up the AFC Championship games where they walk into Pittsburgh and and whoop their and whoop their behinds? Going back to the Steeler games under Cower. With Jerome, with Jerome Bettis and Joey Porter on the team, and then they go ahead and then they play Jacksonville and they let Blake Bortles have a field day on him. And Leon Bell has to realize that that what does he think he's the only player on the team that's expecting his money? Hello, Antonio Brown's not far behind. You see, you see what a job he's been doing in the NFL lately. One of the second best receiver in football. I mean, you got to put the team needs before your own. I'm sorry. Your team is playing to win championships. And 20 and 20, 25, 30, 50 years, 75 years down the road, you know, people are not going to stroll the halls of Canton, Ohio, or, you know, stroll the halls of wherever the Steelers play, you know, 25 years from now, they're not going to be looking at the Steelers Museum or in Canton, Ohio, reminiscing or sitting down with family members reminiscing about how much money Le'Veon Bell made in a major contract he signed on May 18th of 2019. Now, what they are going to run this about and what they are going to care about is if he and the rest of those Steelers showed up in a big game when it matters, when it mattered. 
whether it's the whether it's the divisional playoff game against the Jaguars last year or any big game regular season or playoff game against the New England Patriots. And and if he plays in the Super Bowl with them, how he did in the Super Bowl, good or bad. That's what they're going to care about. Fans could care less in a big picture retrospect about about how much money somebody nobody cares. Please, same thing with Bryce Harper. I mean, you know, I make your money. He's a great player, but at the end of the day. You know, people 25 years now are not going to are not going to give a rat's tail about Bryce Harper signing his, his signing his 300 300 million dollar contract with the uh, with the Philadelphia Phillies uh, with the with the Philadelphia Phillies Atlanta Braves and New York Yankees. I mean, they're not going to care. What they are going to care about is him hitting 216. In a contract year, swinging and missing left and right, looking looking like looking like a younger version of Chris Davis, and the Nationals basically being the Cincinnati Bengals of baseball of being one and done, not winning a single playoff series when he was on the team. That's something fans will care about and will talk about and will remember. 15, 20, 25 years down the road, not how much money. Somebody, somebody made in a, in a certain random moment in time, and, he, and Le'Veon Bell is, expects his teammates not to be a little bothered by that. I mean, their mission is to win, is to win games and get themselves in a in a point in position and place for them to win a championship. I mean, contract and money is great, but let's be Le'Veon Bell is not starving. And I get it, it's a dangerous sport and the contracts aren't guaranteed and the running backs don't last as long. But there's no I in team. And if he thinks he's going to get big bucks now, if he wins a championship and gets a Super Bowl MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, or MVP and has a monster season and Steelers go all the way, if he thinks that money is going to be big now, if all that, like what I just said, comes to comes to fruition, to fruition, tuition, please, he'll be doing backflips. He'll be doing backflips all over Heinz Field if he sees this. If he sees a contract from a team we would offer him. And the Steelers know that they got Le'Veon Bell they got to pay. On top of the fact they're going to need a quarterback soon because Ben Roethlisberger is on his way out the door. On top of the fact they have a salary cap. They want to play the position, but Le'Veon Bell wants them to play the player. And I agree with Le'Veon, he got to play the player. But at the same time, you can't expect them to do that. And then he sits up here and wonders why the team stinks and why they can't win anything. And then wonders why, you know, Juju and, and, and Antonio Brown go out the door. Because his contract eats up most of the salary cap. And I'm sorry, but the running back is not the most important position in football. Quarterback position is. It's just the way it is. And to use the Players Association's fault for this with their CBA that they agreed to back in 2011. It's their fault for this. It's their fault that basically the economic stature is quarterback eats up most of the salary. You know, the running backs and the wide receivers and the linebackers, you know, they don't make that much money. Because the because they made it so the quarterback is so much an important position, you can't win long term without one. So so you're stuck. That's why you you see guys like Matt Ryan, who I just who I brought up a while ago, and Matthew Stafford make the amounts of money that they make. You think Matt? You think Matthew Stafford? 
Kirk no. Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford haven't haven't won a playoff game in their lives. I don't care about about a about a dopey comeback win against you know the Cleveland Browns in 2011 or or a comeback win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2013. I don't care, and and, and their fan bases don't care. But they, but the Lions in, in in Redskins old case, they needed them, or in the Vikings case now they need they need a quarterback. You can't win long term without one. So it's so it's not even them that's making that makes that much money. It's the position that they play gets them all that money. Simply put, Le'Veon Bell at the end of the day kind of has to realize that. I mean, Earl Thomas realized that. I mean, you think he's happy? No, he's not happy. But he realized he's got to bite the bullet and he's got to play. Because at the end of the day, you can't sit up here and go to a team asking for a truckload of money. And then on your resume for the 2018 season, you cherry-picked the games you wanted to play and you didn't give your full effort and you didn't give your full-fledged effort in it. And then your stats and your numbers aren't as good as what you claim to be and what you've been in the past on paper. And 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 um, Earl Thomas knows that and recognizes that. That's why he reported. Navy on Bell thinks he's going to win this. I'm sorry, he's not. Steelers is the one that's going to win it. They're the organization. They're the one that cuts his check. You know, get somebody else in here who's cheap. James Conner. Come on, let's go. I guarantee it should have took care of this a long time ago. I can see Bell's upset about the fact that they didn't want to pay him a while ago when he wanted it to. But at the same time, I mean, he's got to realize the quarterback position and the team's needs you know, overtake his. Oh, I'm sorry, but they do. And that's and that's why and, that his, and his teammates know that. That's why his teammates are so upset. And to me, and you shouldn't. And that's Tomlin being undisciplined and not buttoned up and checking, making sure that they don't air out the locker room's dirty laundry towards the media. I mean, that's just another example of just how undisciplined Mike Tomlin is and how that whole team is and how they're not buttoned up. But at the same, but at the same time, can you really blame them? Because if that was because if that was your teammate and they felt the need to put their needs and their money over everybody else's when their main goal and their and their team is in a position to win a championship or two, make a last run at it for everyone leaves and retires and makes their money and hangs it up for good. In Ben Roethlisberger's case, the time is now. You know, the time isn't for us to be around getting in our feelings about how much money we're making. At the end of the day, you don't get into a Hall of Fame for how much money you made. You get into a Hall of Fame by the numbers you put up, the records you, the records you had, the awards you won, and the, and the Super Bowls you, you won. And so because of the fact that, that the Steelers aren't buttoned up and they're not disciplined real well, and the Browns are, and Hugh Jackson sent that message all throughout training camp and on Hard Knocks. He sent that message. And the fact that they came they're coming off of only 16 season, home game, they wanna they wanna break that losing mantra and break that losing curse, if you will. They're gonna come out guns blazing and the Steelers who constantly make a habit, play down to the competition, like they did the Browns last year in week 17, when they had nothing to play for when the because you know it was like a, a quarter into the game and they needed the Patriots to lose to the Jets but you know Jets who find ways to lose couldn't get it done so they virtually were playing for nothing for three quarters and then they and then they and then they let then they let um they, they let the Browns basically come in within three 
and made and made Deshaun Deshaun Kaiser for crying out loud turn into the second coming of Otto Graham and they almost and they almost lost to Owen 16 at the time on 15 they almost lost to Owen a win they almost lost to a winless team at home New Year's Eve they almost did came within three points. Quick notes here about the uh, game, about the games this weekend, and um, and I'll get into my predictions, and then I'll get on out of here. Um, Jaguars Giants play this weekend, uh, play tomorrow. Um, really looking forward to uh, that game, and seeing the battle between Odell Beckham Jr. coming off of that huge contract again. Odell don't care for him a whole lot. Be put the team needs over the over over himself bit the bullet was a selfless was a selfless one the bigger person bigger man throughout this whole thing was a team player showed up at OTAs training camp mini camp and everything else played in preseason and he and he showed and he showed up and took care of business which is what Le'Veon Bell should do proofs Prove to your teammate, prove, prove to your teammates, prove to your coaches, prove to the organization, prove to the owners, prove to the fans that you're worth that large investment. And as, as much as I, I, I don't like Odell, but I got to give him that. He, 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 at least in this moment in time, he, he matured. And I'm looking forward to see him going up against Jalen Ramsey, who talked a big game back last month, of basically giving his little editorial on quarterbacks in the NFL in GQ magazine. Um, he's the best corner in the game, I think, in my opinion. But, you know, two-year two year player. You know, how about you play a little while longer and play, and if not, win the Super Bowl. Then you can start blabbering off. But also, time to see if Blake Bortles is not a fluke. See if he ain't, see if Blake Bortles is for real and see if he can lead the Jacksonville Jaguars to a Super Bowl. Also, I also want to see if Eli still has it. Eli Manning claims to say claims that he still has a few good years left in him. That's um, really looking forward to see if he if he uh, still has it. Saquon Barkley, the uh, Giants' first-round pick out of Penn State, he makes his debut tomorrow. Really looking forward to see how he goes, how his game goes. Excuse me. Um, Bears and Packers Sunday night game, Sunday night football game of the week on NBC. Khalil Mack's debut for uh, the Chicago Bears. Looking forward into that. Aaron Rodgers, see if he can return to MVP caliber form. And uh, Mike Pettin, who debuts tomorrow night as defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, was out of the league for a little while. Last job he had in the NFL was Cleveland Browns head coach, and then before that, defensive coordinator for the Bills, Jets, and Ravens before that. And I'm going to use last 10 minutes of our first I'm going to tell I can TIA's podcast to give you my 2018 NFL predictions. Out of the AFC East, I have the New England Patriots winning the division yet again, putting up a 12-4 record. I have the Buffalo Bills going seven and nine. Nathan Peterman, same guy through five interceptions in a, his debut against Dean Spanos and the Los Angeles. Oh, good. Oh, oh my goodness. You starting him instead of Josh? What the Cleveland? The Buffalo Bills. Let me tell you, what a joke. I mean, they get a gift from the Bengals and Tyler Boyd, and already they're, they're flushing it down. They enjoying it. They enjoyed it for a little while that they had it, and they're flushing it down the toilet. 
Um, Jets, I have them going seven and nine. Sam Brown thinks going to be very well, going to do very well this season. Dolphins, yeah, haven't done anything since Shula. I have them going two and fourteen. AFC North winners, I'm gonna say I'm gonna take the Steelers winning the division. Still the best team in the division. Granted, everything I just said about them. I think they're going to go 10 and 6 win the division. I think my Cincinnati Bengals are going to go 9 and 7. It's going to their momentum from beating from eliminating the Lions and the Bank and the Ravens, excuse me, from the playoffs in the last 2 weeks of season. I think that momentum is going to continue and lead to good things for Andy Dalton and that Bengals offense just ex- extended Carlos Dunlap and uh, Geno Atkins 2 weeks ago. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to go 9-7. Ravens, I can see going 7-9. One shot when they go 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, That's a good defense they have there. Very interesting to see the quarterback scenario with Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson and RG3. Uh, Browns, I think they're going to be extremely improved. I think they're going to go 7-9. Um, Tyrod Taylor, Baker, Mayfield, uh... Mayfield, I'm a little shaky about. Didn't play all that great in that Rose Bowl game against Georgia. A little worried and concerned about him, but he's carried himself well, at least what I've seen in hard knocks. Um, the FC South, I'm going to take the Jags 13 3 to win the division. The two wild card teams that are going to be representing the AFC are going to come out of the South. The Titans going 11 5. And the Texans going 10-6. Colts, Andrew Luck. Hope he can stay healthy and perform at a decent, towards a high level. I think he, he, that will, if he stays healthy and plays well, that'll give him seven wins. The AFC West, I'm going to take the Chargers. Go 10-6 win the division. People, Sports Illustrated and some people at NFL Network who thinks that Andy Reid, I mean, the master of choke jobs in the clutch, whether it be Super Bowl 39 with a member of the Eagles or in the 2002 NFC Championship game against the Buccaneers at home or or just or last or last year's game against the Tennessee Titans at home when they had a when they had a good lead. Heading into halftime, and the second half came, and then they and then they folded up like a cheap tent. I mean, gee whiz, that was an utter disgrace. I think they're gonna go eight and eight. Patrick Mahomes not sold on him, not to mention the fact that um, their top corner Marcus Peters left to go to L.A. Raiders, I think that the defense stinks. The Khalil Mack trade didn't help him much either. I think Gruden's a little in over his head. I think they're going to go 7-9. Broncos, Case Keenum. Uh, I'm not too sure if Elway knows what he's doing as far as getting quarterbacks is concerned. I have going 6-10. and 10. Haven't really done anything. Haven't done anything since Super Bowl 50 championship in 2015 with Peyton Manning in his last year. On to the NFC, to the NFC East. I think the Eagles fly, Eagles fly on the road to victory. I think they're going to go 13-3, back-to-back division titles. Washington Redskins, I think they're going to go 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, Alex Smith is a good quarterback. Um, Not too big on it, uh, not too high on Adrian Peterson. Old, washed up. Uh, I'm not going to go gaga and, and sing kumbaya and throw a parade over the fact that he rushed for for 50 yards in a, in a, in a, in a meaningless preseason game in front of, you know, 20,000 on, on some godforsaken night on Thursday in Landover, Maryland. I'm not going to go crazy about that. Um, the Giants, I think they're going to go 7-9. They'll be competitive, but I just don't trust Eli Manning as lots of his fans and New Yorkers and Giants fans do. Uh, I think they're going to go 7-9. Why Eli Apple is still on the team, I have no idea. After the destruction of the locker room he caused last season, and it wasn't all Ben McAdoo's fault. Dallas Cowboys, I think they're going to go 7-9. They have no receiver. Jason Witten retired. Dak Prescott, I I think, is a touch overrated. He did come out of Mississippi State after all. 
Um, Ezekiel Elliott, I think, is going to have a good year, though. Um, they'll be competitive, but I think they're going to fizzle out at 7-9. and nine. Uh, The North, I'm going to have the Packers win the division. The Vikings be the first wildcard team at 10-6. and six. Bears 8-8. Eight and eight. Lions 7-9. and nine. Aaron Rodgers, he's a bad man. And he certainly earned every penny with that new contract he just signed a while ago. And that is going to lead the Packers to uh, to good things this season. And the Jimmy Graham signing, I think that will help him a lot considering that he lost to Jordy Nelson to the Oakland Raiders. Um, Vikings, I, they're not going to be as good as they were last year. Granted, they caught a lot of, a lot of breaks considering the fact they knocked out Aaron Rodgers for the season. Um, I think they made a mistake by getting rid of Case Keenum. I think he should have been the quarterback he should have kept. Kirk Cousins, very overrated, very overpaid, but again, got paid a position, not necessarily the player. Um, so he get so he got his money. Kirk Cousins, who's done nothing in a big game, even whether it's a playoff game against the Packers at home or in a Week 17 game where it went in the, in, in the playoffs and it going up against the Giants have nothing to play for, completely spit up the joints. It was an absolute disgusting disgrace as a quarterback in the National Football League and playing in the clutch. Um, Giants, Redskins, uh, excuse me, I get looking at the wrong sheet. Um, Bears thing is going to go eight and eight. Um, the running back, Jordan Howard, he, he and Khalil Max going to carry the team to be competitive. I think they're going to get eight wins. Saints, I think they're going to win their division, go 12 and four. Falcons, second, second wildcard team, 10 and six. Again, Matt Ryan, I think he's overrated, but I'd like to see if he, if he, and the Falcons can uh, prove me wrong. Panthers think they're going to be very competitive. Uh, I'm, a good, I'm a believer in Cam Newton, but I don't think they're, but I think they're Greg Olson. It looks like he's not going to play in tomorrow's game. They're going to be competitive. I think they're going to they're gonna go above 509-7, but I don't think they're making the playoffs like they did last year. Um, the West, I have the Rams going 13-3. Um, winning the division, I like the addings, the signs that you got to cut Keeb Talib, uh, Marcus Peters, and Dominican Sumo on defense. Todd Gurley got his money. Jared Goff's gonna another year of experience. He's gonna be improved as a player. Um, 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think they're there yet. Eight and eight. Seahawks, Cardinals, seven and nine. Um, the NFC Championship game is. Uh, as I got less than two minutes here. Um, NFC Championship game, I think it's going to be Saints-Eagles uh, champion. Philadelphia Eagles going to repeat as NFC champions. Um, AFC Championship game is going to be a re- rematch of last year's game between the Pets and the Jaguars. Jaguars going to be home team. I, I think they're going to get the number one seed. And they are going to beat the Patriots and get revenge. And they will represent the AFC in Super Bowl 53. It's going to be Jags and Eagles in the Super Bowl 53. Um, Eagle Jaguars being number one seed out of the AFC. Um, the Eagles being number two seed out of the NFC. I have Drew Brees as my MVP. He's going to have a monster season this year. Um, and I have as your Super Bowl. 53 champions and 2018 NFL champions repeating for the second straight year in a row, second Super Bowl in franchise history. Your Philadelphia Eagles, ladies and gentlemen, will win Super Bowl 53. I want to thank you for listening to the first ever edition of Amateur Like a TIS podcast. Um, I'm going to be back to talk to you next week. As you've been listening, so I'm going to tell you like a T.I. is with Jai Shields. We'll see you next time. Take care. God bless.